1: your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Super, super excited to be here today with a very beautiful person, somebody who I've really enjoyed conversing with before. I mean, I do meet all the guests before we actually come into the show, but this is really cool. I have Brenda Valadaz on the show today, who is coming to us from California, and I'm jealous, Always of Californians because California is just so beautiful to me. It's really nice. But Brenda, thank you so much for being here today for taking time out of your busy schedule to connect with us to share your first gen story. I like to get right into it, and so the starter question, like always, is if you will tell us who you are and what is it that you do. Hi,
0: Doctor. E. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share my experience here on your platform. Like you said, I am Brenda Valdez. I am from California, born in Mexico. And it's actually a really nice day outside today. So that's that's really that's really good. Yeah, rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have a lot of sun and <laughs> And it's nice outside. So I graduated from UC Santa Cruz uh, June of 2017. And I am now working. I am a client relations coordinator at an economics firm. And I am also a part-time advisor for students raising above.
1: So if you will, tell us a little bit about the degree that you pursued and how it led to the work that you're doing now? Is it the same? Is it different? (laughs) So yeah, that's a good question because
0: it's actually not. I did a combined major of sociology and Latin American Latino study. And as I previously mentioned, I now work at an economics firm as a client relations coordinator. So that's very different. I have never worked in an office setting before, so yeah, my major really has not much to do with what I do now, but I am really glad because, you know, I enjoyed that major, I learned a lot, I love it, and I feel like I can still apply some of it to, to what I do now, but ultimately, like, I just feel like people should choose a major that they love, they enjoy, but you shouldn't always think that that's going to be what you will be doing after graduation you know just know that there are options and that's what happened to me so it relates to a certain extent but not completely
1: that happens <laughs> and i think that you know it's okay that that happens because it means that you've also allowed yourself to stay open to your journey as well. Right. And that you've allowed things to unfold and just kind of plan in a space that is good for you for where you are and could possibly lead to something else. So I think that's real cool. You mentioned that you work as a advisor for students rising above. And actually it was the program that I connected with, which I'm very fascinated by that actually led me to you. So if you would, would you tell us what students rising above is and, you know, take a moment to share with us how it's shaped your life now.
0: (laughs) I cannot even begin to explain what Students Rising Above has done for me. I am here today because of Students Rising Above. They are my family. So it's a college success program. So when I was first introduced to this program, In 2013, I think I saw it more as a scholarship, someone who, you know, was going to financially help me throughout my college career. And at the beginning, that's all I had in my head. But, you know, as I met my advisor, she became like a mother to me. You know, she was always very helpful. Being around all these students who have the same background, similar background as me, it was just, you know, they became family it's a program that i really really love from the bottom of my heart because they were there from like day one of this process so yeah sra to me is is my family and and i i wanted to you know keep in touch so i became a mentor for for first student i became a mentor i try to volunteer as much as i could and then i just decided you know I really want to do this I really want to keep being involved as much as I was when I was a student in college so let me try it out I became a part-time advisor and I love it now I have four students who are all going off to college so it's really really amazing students rising above did so much for me that I can't even like wrap it all around (laughs) Mm,
1: how beautiful though that you be a part of this as a student and then come back around and help other students and now to be able to see what your mentors and advisors saw in you and the students that you sent off to of school I think that is really cool mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that you know what better way to help others to be the person that you needed and for you to step into that space I think that that's really again it's really fantastic so much of the reason why this platform of mine exists is because I'm striving to be that person that I needed as well through the different phases of life and to find that support and to do it with a community of people like yourself so yeah really cool stuff you mentioned to us as well that you are Mexican-American you were born in Mexico and raised in California is it correct that's correct so what has the experience been like for you as a first-generation professional now to navigate family, to navigate your workspace and expectations? What has it been like and how have you been successful thus far?
0: Well, that's a big one and it's crazy. Yeah, so I was born in Mexico and 12 years later, I came to the United States looking for better opportunities. I've been here ever since. And, you know, ever ever since I was really small, I always knew that, you know, education would open doors for me. You know, you hear that. You hear that around all the time within our parents, within our family, like educate yourself. That's the only way that you're going to be able to succeed and break the barriers and not be like us. And so, you know, I always grew up around those comments, that advice. And so for me, throughout high school, I always try to work really hard so that I would end up going to college. So I always put a lot of pressure on myself to do this. And, you know, but it's hard because there are always those expectations and there are always people who don't believe in you. And that was my case. A lot of people thought I wouldn't be able to succeed. A lot of people told me that college is not meant for us, that we're supposed to go to high school, graduate and then enter the workforce and give back to our families, you know. But this is also where students rising above helped me understand that I have to take care of myself first Mm. and uh, prioritize myself and my education so that one day I can actually go back and get back to my community, help my family out. So that was really something that I had to get in my my mind because, you know, the process is long and the process is stressful. And it's new because when it came to college applications, it's not like I could have gone back to my family and be like, what do I put here? When I came to FAFSA, what is this? You know, like, how do I fill this out? So um, I do feel very blessed that I had the help of students rising above, but it's really hard. It's a really long process. And so even throughout college, like my whole years, I was always so much worried about like what's going to come after college. My senior year, if I could go back and tell myself something, I think it'll be like, it's okay. You you will be fine. Enjoy the moment now as it is because it'll just turn out fine. Because it was really hard in my senior year, I mainly focused about like trying to come back home, do interviews, apply to so many jobs because I didn't want to let my family down. I didn't want those theories of like, well, college is not really going to help you. You're always going to be low class. You're always going to have, you know, you're not going to have a good job. Like, college isn't really going to open doors for you. And I really internalized that. And so I I put so much pressure on myself to break those barriers. And I feel like, you know, I worked really hard and I did because I have two amazing jobs right now. And I think I've succeeded, but it was really, really hard to overcome all those negative thoughts and break all those barriers and stereotypes.
1: Hmm. That can be taxing, I imagine. Because like I said, it's so many things to figure out. And that's Mm -hmm. so common for us, especially as first gens, to try to figure out, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I listen to what people are really saying to me about who I am? Or do I believe, you know, something different from myself? Because I know that I'm more. I know that I'm better. And the advice that you've given to just, you know, like I said, just keep going is really essential. Even in that, I'm wondering about the two jobs you mentioned. Did you imagine that you have two jobs at this point? Or is it that you're okay with it? Did you imagine life would look like something different? Like, Can you share a little bit with us about that?
0: Well, I never really picture myself having two jobs now. I never really picture myself having a job that it's so good to me that has opened up so many doors for me and so many opportunities, you know, a job that was able to help me pay for my college loans four months after graduating. So I did not picture this at all. And so when I took on the second job, it was because at some point I felt like I wasn't doing as much in terms of giving back to my community and giving back to, to those that have helped me, that have shaped me. So I think that taking on the second job was more for me to feel good and to feel fulfilled because I do work in an office, you know, from nine to five, and it's a corporate setting. So I, I didn't have a lot of interaction with the community, with with people like me, you know, to be straight up. So that's why I was so motivated to get involved with students writing above again as an advisor now. And it's really a job that satisfies my heart. So it, it could be a lot of work. It could be really stressful at times with both jobs, but I feel really blessed and nothing but blessed. So I'm not complaining, you know. I feel like I am in a great situation now and God has worked his ways mm. and my dad too, who who's always been there for me. I know
1: that he's looking over me at every moment. You're in a good space. think you said God has worked his ways, doesn't he always <laughs> You mentioned to us as well and just so many things you mentioned it's like this is really cool that you've recently purchased a house. That is really exciting. So not only are you a again, first gen college graduate and though working two jobs, you've been able to Get a home on your own, which is a really big deal. Congrats to you for that! And would you mind, you know, sharing with us what encouraged you or motivated you to want to be a homeowner? Because there are some people, especially in this millennial phase that we're in, where we want experiences, we don't want to buy things, we don't want, you know, commitments. What what made you go for buying a home? How was that process for you?
0: Right. I mean, and you just mentioning that it's still. You know, my eyes get watery because I cannot believe I've come this far. Like, Mm. I cannot believe that, you know, at 23, I am, you know, signing all these kinds of papers and, you know, I can't even believe that my offer got accepted. You know, it's really something Mm. that's not real to me yet. (laughs) It's something that I'm still processing, but... That was my ultimate goal after college, I think, because I know that it's a really big commitment, it's a big responsibility, and I will eventually have to give up some things so that I could you know, pay a mortgage and own a home. But it was my ultimate goal. And I just think that especially here in the Bay Area, there's a cycle where you go out and rent and the rent is so high that you're paying other people's mortgage that you're not being able to save up for your own. So I came back home and I started living with my aunt And my uncle who I thank them for giving me the opportunity to be at their place because that saved me a lot of money, which allowed me to save up for a down payment. So this is, you know, family helped out a lot. So I cannot say that I did this by myself. My fiance was there like so supportive and has been there also every step of the way. So I feel like I have a really strong support system. And, you know, just being realistic and seeing like checking out Zillow and these other places It was just like, oh my gosh! Well, rent is so high, houses are so expensive. It just seemed like something really impossible. But you know, I also feel like we need our own space, we need independence, and you know, a house seemed really, really far away. But once again, I I worked really hard. I've had a really good support system, and thank
1: God, God above all. So Mm, that's to be appreciated that you have that perspective and that you're open to the help. I was talking in one of my podcasts recently about the idea of asking for help and not having too much pride for it and to hear that you were willing to stay with your family to handle your business so that you can get into this house. A necessary sacrifice for a greater gain, which I think is very commendable as well. A lot of things I commend about the decisions that you've made because as First Gen, sometimes we don't make these decisions. And it's not because we can or we're incapable. It's just a lot of fear as well. I'm first gen. I'm going to college. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it. Who wants to go back home? (laughs) Right. I'll say for myself, I was one of those. I'm not moving back home ever, 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 ever. Because I felt like the sign for me to know that I was making it was to stay out of my mom's house because that would have meant that I was making good decisions. But sometimes the best decision, folks, you know, as Brenda shared with us, is to go home. And it's okay to go home because what I do notice in some of the experiences of my friends from like different social classes is that when they're trying to do really big things as well, as such as buy a home or relocate to different states or even having children, they will move home and be okay with that and letting their family support them. So I think that's really cool. What would you say is or was the, the scariest of the things that happened during your time in buying a home? Because were you the first in your family to buy a home as well? I'm not very sure of that. I was
0: not. I was not. So my other family members are homeowners and you know they paired up with each other. So nice. they went into this home as pairs. And so for me, I think what was really scary was doing it on my own. Even though, like I said, my fiance and my family were all very supportive and helpful throughout the process it was it was scary mm. you know when it got down to signing the papers it was scary it was unbelievable and it's still scary yeah, you know, it's still scary. We're still trying to figure things out. we in the 30-day escrow period. But seriously, all these words were super foreign to me. I had no idea what anyone was talking about. And I doubted myself at some point, too. You know, one night I went to sleep and I doubted myself because I was like, I'm not well informed. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this word means. I don't know if I'll be okay, you know, but just that reassurance from my partner, from my family, if it's meant to be, it will be, that gave me strength, you know, this whole process has been very scary, and going into it will keep being scary, you know, because I see those mortgage payments, and it's, it's, that number is scary, but I am working very hard, you know, I have these two jobs, and they're really good jobs, and I think, you know, this is totally something that I'll be able to handle and I am really proud of too. I actually thought it was going to take longer. I started, you know, looking at houses here and there, going to open houses, but I'm like, this will take years before I actually get something. Two months later, your offer was accepted and you know, there were so many more offers that offer so much more money than you did. the house is yours. And that's just, you know, the universe, man, working its ways because I was not the best candidate, but I wrote a letter to the seller and the seller just decided that, you know, they wanted to give me the house over all those other people. So I feel very, very blessed.
1: Isn't it interesting, though, how you'd say, or well, at least I wasn't the best candidate. And then I look at that and say, but you were the candidate, you know, because what is meant for you is always meant for you will always be. And that's something that I, you know, I strive to live by myself, that no matter what happens, if it's for me, it's for me, because there will always be others who are better. And this goes for anybody who's listening, always listen, who'll be better, who'll be smarter, who'll have more money, who'll be more qualified. But if it's for you, then nothing would block that. Like you said, God made a way. And that is very inspiring to hear. And I'm so fascinated by you know the story that you're sharing with us mainly because you're you're just 23 and you know to conceptualize what a lot of other 23 year olds are doing mm-hmm. right now they're still trying to figure life out and not to say that you're not but there's still a lot of people who are just you know hey I don't know what my purpose is I don't know what I'm doing next I don't maybe even have any goals beyond just going to work and, you know, going to work every day and maybe I'll figure something out. So to say to you that to be 23 and a homeowner and to know that that's not a process that you just do in a month, that's taken time and responsibility and discipline that I, again, I commend you again for that. So many things to be learned and learning is a contingent on how old you are. And I'm learning a lot from you. It's like, if you want it, go get it. And that's what you said, it was a goal of mine. So for anybody who's listening as well, if it's a goal of yours and you want it, do what you have to do to make it happen. No excuses, (laughs) you know, because in spite of all the things, the travel that you could have done, the going out to eat, the buying clothes, you were even financially responsible enough to be able to get into a home and then to have purchased a home in California because California's expensive. And, you know, I can only imagine that there was a lot that went into even making a decision to commit, like you said, commit, like I'm really gonna commit to this. And it's a big commitment, huge. Uh-huh. I don't own a home yet. And I'm actually okay with that <laughs> because I've spent a lot of time in school and after school, I was trying to figure out where I wanted to be, where I wanted to plant roots. So I've continued to move and just figured out. My husband and I both agreed that we like the flexibility of being able to say, "Yeah, in two years, I want to go somewhere else." We can do that. However, I know that when I do own a home, it's going to be the dream. So I'll, I'll definitely take that. Yeah, you know, definitely take the dream. So kind of like you know, taking uh, a different segue uh, at this point just really curious to know from you, what is something though, that you have learned since you've been out of school that you wish somebody would have told you?
0: Yeah, it, I think something that I, I was able to realize after college. I think I, I've mentioned it before, but I've learned that, that things will be okay and that i will be fine regardless because you know like i said back in college it was always like so many doubts of what's going to come what's out there for me and so a lot of that really prevented me from enjoying the moment from from living the moment that i was living it was always so stressful it was always so much pressure like i said Hmm. and so if i could go back and tell myself it's going to be okay two years after you graduate you'll buy a house you know i think if i was able if i if i've learned something over these two years of after graduation it's that you know there's always that rainbow after the storm or <laughs> however that saying goes but seriously like things will be fine you will be fine and you will survive and you will become the person that you want to be so yeah i I've, I've learned that it could be really stressful at some points. it could be it could seem like your world is crumbling and it's falling apart but it'll be okay and you will be okay and so i've learned that i will be okay regardless of what's going on i think it's simple but it's a really good reminder and it's something that i've i've learned over these years you know i've been through so many things so many struggles and yet here i am
1: and i am okay hmm. Absolutely. Here I am, and I am okay. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I, I definitely felt that. I guess, even just in the season of life that I'm in, in navigating entrepreneurship and doing this podcast and thinking of where i've been myself that was one of those that i felt that that was very timely i try to be vulnerable you know in these moments and i am here and i am okay and that's a powerful reminder to all of us who are ever in a space that we don't know you know what's next or if what's happening is right we are here and we are okay brenda said it first <laughs> brenda said it first thank you brenda for for the words of wisdom yeah so on the flip side what would you say has been the best advice that someone has given to you about the journey of life or professionalism or anything that's just really you've held on to? I think that
0: the best advice someone has given me is to take care of myself and prioritize myself. And that that could sound a little selfish to some, to an extent, but you know, everything starts within ourselves. And so, you know, if you're taking care of yourself, if you're loving yourself, if you're working constantly on yourself, then that's how you will project to the world. You know, that's how you're going to be able to give back to mm-hmm. to those around you, to to those who you love. I think that if you keep yourself happy, that that will lead you to, to project that positivity, that happiness onto others. And that for me is big, you know? Um, if I take care of myself, I'll be stronger to take care of others. I'll be stronger to help others. I'll be able to do the things that I want to do. And so I think that taking care of yourself it's a really big one. I'll actually say that my my SRA advisor told me this before making a decision to go to college and to stay in college because at some point I remember it was at Thanksgiving break. I said, I am done. I am not this is this is not an environment for me. I don't belong here. So I'm sorry, I'm dropping out. Hmm. And then I remember what she said. She's like prioritize yourself the journey will be hard the journey will be long but if you prioritize yourself you're going to be able to accomplish all those goals of yours which was to give back to my family to come back to my community and give back to to fulfill the promise I made to my father one day so you know all those things it's like oh man if I want to do all those things to work on myself first and so that's a really really great piece of advice that i followed ever since mm-hmm. And, and it's it's actually done me really well. Oh, that's good. <laughs>
1: I, I really love, I love the, the, the reflection and the thoughtfulness and, and the depth of what you're sharing because it's it's really and truly what I envision when I think about the personal transformation aspect of empowering, mm-hmm. inspiring, and uplifting first gens. It's the resilience that I'm getting. It's the, the confidence that I'm getting as well that's there. It's the belief in self that is so necessary and so, and I'm extremely grateful that you just are just sharing. And so thoughtful in what you're giving to us. thats really amazing to me. We've gotten to a point that, you know, it's probably the saddest part of the show to me. is I have to wrap it up because I can talk to you all all day. (laughs) I really enjoy the engagement and the learning that happens in these conversations. So, you know, at this point, I am interested to know, and this is like the, the take home question. If there's anything that you can leave with us, a thought, a quote, anything that you want us to remember you by or to hold with us for the rest of our lives, what would that thing be?
0: something that i would like to tell people that i like to tell myself and those around me is that everyone's journey is different everyone's journey takes time and takes a lot of work and it it's different so embrace your own journey embrace your own experiences don't compare yourself to others and you know just just work on yourself work on your journey it doesn't matter how long it takes you to accomplish that one goal Focus on yourself and don't worry about the rest. I think that's something that I would want to leave, um, because it's something that, you know, I that has also helped me and um and I think that it's okay, you know. Everyone's journey is different and you just have to embrace it, love it and make it yours.
1: I'll take that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. That's good stuff, Brenda. Well, if anybody wants to connect with you on social media, and I'll drop the links to your profiles in the show notes, but can you tell us where on the internet you'd like to be discovered?
0: Yeah, sounds good. Well, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I still use Facebook. And I'm a Brenda Valades Paz, P-A-G. And yeah, I'm also on LinkedIn, Brenda Valades, And then I'm on Instagram, comments not chatting you
1: name it i'm all there people i'm all there stop here. Here, stop. hello brenda you have been an absolute joy to have today again thank you for your wisdom for for sharing your experiences for just really feeding into us and pouring back into this first-gen community we appreciate you take care of yourself and good luck with everything
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Iguan, for the opportunity to share my experience. You know, it's a lot. And like I said, we can keep talking for days, but time to wrap it up. It was a pleasure. And yeah, take care. I'll, I'll go out there and enjoy
1: some fun now. <laughs> uh, yeah, rub it in. Again, just rub it in. By <laughs> don't you. We've got a little sun here. It could be a little warmer, but we've got some. <laughs>